Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Fact Check This Podcast, and today I am going to go a little bit off-brand, or at least off-brand for what the show has been for the last year or so. I have tried to avoid talking about specific topics that are in the news, the current event type things. If I'm going to talk about that stuff, I prefer to either do it on Peddling Fiction with Johnny or do it on the morning show with those guys. I try to use this as a topical platform or a historical event platform or to look at specific articles from different news publications, stuff like that, and, and cover really, uh, really specific topics as opposed to just the general what's going on in the news. But it seems pretty apparent that the thing that's going to dominate the headlines, at least for a month or so, is probably going to be the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And if that's going to be dominating the headlines, then we need to dispel some of the myths and just get the facts out there right off the bat. Because there are a lot of people who know basically jack shit about what they're actually talking about. There's a lot of, as I have posted things about this, there have been a lot of pushback from the pro-choice portion of my friends list on Facebook and stuff. And they really just blatantly do not know what the fuck they are talking about. So let's take a moment to dispel some of these myths. And maybe surprisingly or not surprisingly, however you want to look at it, uh, I've actually done pretty in-depth analyses of the Mississippi abortion bill, which is what triggered this whole thing to begin with. The... uh, Texas abortion bill that is supposedly like the most um, just like restrictive thing ever imagined. I've also looked at the California abortion laws and how that all works and a lot of research into the statistics around abortions that have been taking place for the last 20 to 30 years. So I've done quite a bit of the legwork and the research on this stuff like I'm a straight white man, so obviously my opinion doesn't matter. Uh, I don't have a, I don't have a uterus, so <laughs> any research that I've done is useless, I guess. Uh, if you, if you're not a birthing person, then your opinion doesn't matter when it, where all of this stuff is concerned. Never mind if I've actually done all of the legwork to to find the the truth of the matter. Let's talk about some of that truth of the matter. Number one. The overturning of Roe versus Wade does not return or does not make abortion illegal. In fact, it returns 
things to the state that it was in prior to Roe versus Wade. Now, things that have happened over time since the uh, since Roe versus Wade was ruled upon is that certain states have expanded their abortion allowances and other states have different bills and laws on the books that go into effect within a certain amount of time of Roe versus Wade being overturned. Now, the most common uh, misconception is that this has made abortion illegal. That is flat out wrong. What the overturning of Roe versus Wade does is it returns it to a state's rights uh, issue. So in the judgment made by the court, actually let's let's take it from let's take it from the Mississippi abortion bill to begin with, because that's what kicked this whole thing off. And then we'll go into the individual states and, and the actual the actual ruling that the court made. So the Mississippi abortion bill stated that at 15 weeks, that would be where the cutoff was for anything past 15 weeks, uh, abortion was illegal, except in very specific circumstances. And it allows for those specific circumstances. So this is misconception number two, the biggest one, is that women who have uh, either health problems or health risks associated with a pregnancy or pregnancy in the case of incest or abortion or, uh, or uh, rape, that all of these are now just, everybody is gonna be forced to have babies. The women are gonna die because they can't have an abortion in the case that the pregnancy would be a risk to their life. Untrue, abjectly untrue. Even the most restrictive abortion bans on the planet still have allowances for that still have the health of the mother as an allowance for a situation that it's uh, acceptable. Even the most restrictive, Texas and the six week heartbeat bill, it still has allowances built in for rape, incest and risk to the mother's life. Every single one. So none of that is even remotely true. There are certain politicians who have pushed for wholesale or wholesale banning of abortion period without any allowances but there is not a single abortion bill anywhere in the country that actually has passed that and there is no will to pass that anywhere either like to be completely fair that's never going to happen so well that's we've got that out of the way the 15 weeks the mississippi abortion bill was based on global standards. So if you look at like Europe and you know the rest of the civilized world, 15 weeks is the average cutoff for every uh, industrialized like society in the in the world. 15 weeks is the average cutoff. No, uh, no and I, I won't say no. There's I can't remember which one it is. There's one one member of the European Union that allows abortion past 20 weeks. Basically, in the U.S., it's like Mississippi and two other states that have the 15-week cutoff. Texas has the six-week cutoff, and everyone else, it's 22 or 24 weeks. The U.S. already has the most loose abortion restrictions, even in the most restrictive states, like here in Indiana. 
Kentucky, the, you know, all these, you know, redneck, uber conservative states, they still have looser abortion restrictions than 98% of the European Union. We are already the least restrictive in terms of abortion in the world. But the, the 15 week Mississippi bill was so restrictive that advocacy groups and abortion rights groups had to fight it to the Supreme Court and set the table for what has happened. And what happened was you have five justices, uh, Clarence Thomas, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, Alito, and why am I drawing a blank? Gorsuch. Gorsuch is one of the best too. I don't know why I drew a blank on his name. That Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch are like phenomenal justices. If you look at their their uh, their writings and like they they know their shit. So anyway, those five said that they should remove Roe versus Wade entirely because it is a constitutional violation. So Roe versus Wade. The argument that was made in Roe versus Wade made abortion a constitutional right. It's not. It's not. There's no wording anywhere in the Constitution at any point that makes the murder of children in the womb a constitutional right. Nothing in there about abortion, period. Literally no words at any point have anything to do with abortion. So it's not a constitutional right. If anything, it falls to the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, which means that it falls to states' rights. So it's the state's decision as to whether or not it should or shouldn't be uh, legal. And that's what the five judges determined, which is factually correct. Uh, Roberts is always Captain Squishy Pants. He actually didn't side with the liberals in this case. He said, uh, so the whole thing, this entire ruling was based around the Mississippi abortion bill. So Roberts was willing to say the Mississippi abortion bill is okay. It should be allowed to remain in place. It should not be overturned. But he wasn't willing to go so far as to say that they needed to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, and then the three dissenting judges, the, the liberal judges, they all wanted to uh, strike down the Mississippi abortion bill and keep Roe versus Wade like they're, they want, um, effectively, they want abortion up to the day of or the day before birth more or less. Uh, so, so anything that restricts abortion in any way is unacceptable in, term, in, in their minds. Uh, Roberts was okay with the Mississippi abortion bill being allowed to stand as it is, but not overturning Roe versus Wade. And the rest, the other five said, Roe versus Wade is unconstitutional, pitch that shit. And they're technically right. So anyway, that gets us back to point one in that abortion is not now illegal. It just falls to states' rights. So if you lived in a state where abortion was 100% legal up to the day of birth, then abortion is still 100% legal up to the day of birth. 
nobody's using the period tracking app on your phone to find out if you had an abortion. That, that's some more of that ridiculous shit. Like some of the things that have come out of this, I'm not even going to bother to address because they're just so fucking asinine that like, you have to be living in another universe in your head to think that some of these things are even remotely true. So anyway, that's, that's the, the number one thing. Uh, let's see. Plan B, uh, the morning after pill, all of that kind of stuff. None of that has been made illegal. I, I don't even know where that, like, uh, Texas, Tennessee, uh, several other states, they had restrictions placed on the abortion pill. Now, the abortion pill and Plan B are completely separate things. Abor the abortion pill and normal contraceptives, the abortion pill and normal birth control, these are all completely different things. But the abortion pill is specifically designed to terminate a pregnancy. The plan B pill and birth control, stuff like that, those are normal contraceptives. Very, very different things. Plan B hasn't been banned. Plan B is still available by whatever normal means that you get plan B. Now, some states it's over the counter. Some states you have to have a prescription. If your state is one of the states that required a prescription, then you still have to go see your doctor. But you know what your doctor is gonna do? You can, uh, I think, what was it? I think the thing that changed in Mississippi, or not in Mississippi, in Tennessee several months ago was um, you can't call it in. It has to be, you have to actually see the doctor. So there are clinics that literally do that like 24 seven. So it's not become any more restrictive than what it was to begin with. But you now that's, that's another one of these ridiculous talking points is that plan B is now illegal. No, it's not. That's fucking ridiculous. All right. So let's see, we've covered what the, what the overturning does. Ah, oh, there's a lot of talk about this is like breaching some something about the First Amendment with the Establishment Clause and the separation of church and state. Literally nothing about any of the uh, opinion that was written on the overturning of Roe, Roe versus Wade has anything to do with religion, has anything to do with the establishment of a religion. Uh, nothing about any of the abortion bills that are in place have anything to do with religion. There's no religious wording in any of them. None of them use this as an establishment of religion. There's also other talk that the, the Supreme Court is trying to overturn the Establishment Clause and uh, do away with the separation of church and state and that they, they also ruled that uh, funding for religious institutions, the uh, parents' tax dollars should be allowed to follow their students if they send their students to private religious institutions. That doesn't violate the establishment clause. Uh, there was also a ruling that upheld the right of a coach to hold a prayer at, at uh, a prayer on the football field after the games. That's also not a violation of the establishment clause. That does not do anything to so the whole purpose of the separation of church and state and the establishment clause is that the government cannot do anything to establish an official religion of the state of the of a a governmentally backed religion so for historical purposes the 
the Church of England, the Anglican Church, was the only legally allowed religion in England at the time of the uh, the mass exodus that was United States or uh, the settlement of the American colonies and the formation of the United States. Uh, so the the Church of England was the prescribed religion. If you were not of the Church of England, then you were in violation of the law. That's the entire purpose of that the establishment clause of the First Amendment is to prevent the state from forming a state-sponsored religion. That way you can worship however you want, to whatever extent, whatever you want, as long as you're not doing so in violation of any other laws. That's it. That's the establishment clause. That's the separation of church and state. So unless your state legislature comes in and says, you can only be Catholic, you can only be Presbyterian, this is, we're only going to give tax breaks to the church of Satan and nothing else, then unless that is being done, there is no violation of church and state. There is no violation of the establishment clause. Nothing in the First Amendment says that you will never have to see or experience another person's religion. That's some wackadoodle bullshit that all these anti-religious fuckers have come up with off the top of their head. It's completely divorced from the reality of what the First Amendment says. So anyway, no violation of separation of church and state has taken place in this. And if you think you, if you think it has, maybe you should consult a uh, constitutional scholar here and actually look into this and figure it out for yourself because you're wrong, objectively wrong. Oh, let's see, anything that I'm missing? So if we wanna talk about the abortion statistics themselves, uh, all of those things that are like the things that get pushed as, as these nightmare scenarios that are now just going to be running rampant and all of these women are going to die and yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, incest accounts for 0.001% of all abortions. Uh, rape accounts for 0.65% and risk to the mother's life accounts for 0.85%. So all combined, less than 0.2% are accounted for in those three big topics that everybody acts like are now gonna just run wildly rampant and all these women are gonna die because of it. 0.2%-ish. Uh, and then if you look at some of the other, like, uh, something wrong with the baby itself, something that puts both the mother and the baby at risk. Uh, there are a few other like health specific topics that would fall into that. But when you combine all of those with the other three, the, you know, the other big three, it still accounts for 0.74% of all abortions fall into a category of risk to mother, child, etc. And then 
the next big one, which accounts for 0.66% of all abortions, is something is wrong with the baby that's non-terminal, but it's uh, like birth defect type thing. So all, all together, 1.2% of all abortions are accounted for in something's wrong with the mother or the child. Again, like of the things that are actually like legitimate fatal risk to the mother or child, it's less than, what did I, 0.74%, not even a full percent. So, yeah. And then the next big category for why women have an abortion is they can't afford the kid. And that's 6%. 6.4% of all abortions are because the mother cannot afford to keep the baby. So in total, what's that? 7.8% of all abortions are accounted for in that those categories, either something wrong with the mother or child, mother can't afford it. The other 92.2% of all abortions are elective procedures. And if you go through that 92.2% and look at the, the reasoning that they give, the overwhelming majority of it is because either the mother doesn't know the father well enough or doesn't know who the father is, period. This is, I, I can't remember the exact number. It's 82 or 86%. It's because either the mother doesn't know the father well enough or doesn't know who the father is, period. That's, that's the reasoning for abortions as a whole. Bad personal decisions. It should be legal up to the day before birth to allow you a scapegoat for your bad personal choices. There are literally clinics everywhere. Every county has a health department where you can get birth control. You can get an IUD. You can get condoms. You can make the dipshit that's sticking his dick in you. Put on one of those fucking condoms. And if you don't trust that he's going to put it on or you don't trust that he'll keep it on, then don't let him stick his dick in you. <laughs> Men, take some goddamn responsibility for the decisions that you make. And if you knock a chick up, then that's your fucking kid. And you're going to love it and raise it for the rest of its life, whether you want to or not. I got one of those sitting right here being a little pain in the ass. I was not ready to be a father with either one of them. But that's my responsibility. Once that happens, is that I'm going to raise these kids and I'm going to love them and I'm going to raise them to be the best human beings that they possibly can. And if their mother didn't want them, 
I would have still wanted them and I'd have still raised them. That's your responsibility as a man is to step up and to own it. To be a father and to raise those kids. That's something that pisses me off too. Is like all of this about it's it's all put on the mother. What about the dudes involved in this? How many how many guys never got to have that kid? Never got to have that son or daughter to raise because they weren't even given the option because the mother chose to terminate to go get an abortion because she just didn't want it. She thought it was a mistake. Pisses me off. If I missed anything, if there's something that you have a question about as far as the whole abortion conversation goes, if you're curious about specific topics with, say, the Texas abortion bill, the Mississippi abortion bill, any of California's abortion laws, some of the other uh, more and less restrictive states, I've probably done some research on it at some point and can fill in gaps for you. Uh, if I'm missing anything from a statistic wise, let me know. I've got all the stats and all of that stuff. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of mistruth around this topic. And I wanted to at least address some of the really big parts of it. And maybe we can have honest conversations about this because most of what's coming out, at least on the left-hand side of things, like the, the pro-choice side of this debate, 99% of what they're saying is just abjectly false or blatantly untrue and a lie. Hope everybody has a rest, great rest of your day, a great rest of your week, and I will be back on Monday. Uh, I think actually, so Thursday night, we're going to, me, Magoo, and CD are going to do a another follow-up on the uh, Florida running a libertarian against DeSantis conversation. So tune in for that on Thursday, and that'll run as Monday's episode. And in the meantime, hope you have a great weekend.